Hello, I am Amanda Wacker. Hola, I am Lenise Castro. Sonica, I'm Asama Lekboa. And we are the Triplicates. Welcome to the fifth episode of our second season of the Triplicates podcast. We are three first gen women of color in our second year of our PhD program at the University of California, San Diego. All right, so last episode, we talked a little bit about the tips and tricks of applying to grad school. And this episode, this episode is a continuation of thinking about going to grad school, but we'll be hearing from two people who took their own path to grad school. Okay. So, spoiler alert, one of them will be me. (laughs) But first, we have a special guest. We have a guest. Wait, I think this is our first in-person guest. It is. You're so honored. <laughs> so let's swap seats. Yeah. All right. Bring them in. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> I think are we I think an Amanda Show reference is just barely something that I can get with my age group. Oh but, but I'm Amanda here for Show it. I'm like here for it. I mean the, the Amanda Show? Okay, okay, that's okay. the dancing lobster. My entire show. Yeah, life. Okay, every sorry. day. All right, all right. But yeah. <laughs> oh, the Amanda show. <laughs> That's funny. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so if you've, been, I'll go. if you've been listening to us since season one, you'll know that um, me and Amanda came straight through from undergrad. Asama's going to share her experience about not coming straight through from undergrad and doing biotech for a little bit. But today we have our guest. I'm Chris. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hello. Uh, I work in the same lab as Lenise, and I am a fifth year, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, uh, PhD student in uh, the Division of Biological Sciences at UCSD as well. Woo! Yeah. So I'm old. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get a lot of um, flack for this, but I think a lot of it's like, me bringing it on myself by bringing it up constantly but that's no, it's important okay. and you know what yeah. people like emailed us to be like yo can you guys talk about non-traditional people coming into PhD programs like people want to hear about this so yeah I feel like when people ask like when we get those type of questions like well I can't speak to it because that isn't my lived experience yeah but also like I my entire life has been in academia essentially from undergrad to grad school so it's very fresh refresh words refreshing to hear about your experiences and I have the joy of being in the same lab so I get to hear them all the time but (laughs) we wanted to share with everyone else awesome uh so yeah I guess I'll just give you like a little bit of the, the whole elevator pitch of my life. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, I'm from Maryland and I've lived all over the place there. And I did, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, like, like people do. Uh, and when I was done, we kind of had this conversation in my family, um, partially. I, I had actually moved out by the time I was graduating high school, but that's like a whole nother thing. Uh, And we were trying to determine if I was going to try to go to school. Mm -hmm. And basically when I was growing up, um, my mom and my grandma were around more than anybody else. And my mom was going to school to get her bachelor's degree when I was growing up. So she was going to school part-time for several years um, and supporting me and bringing me with her to classes and stuff. So um, it took her a really long time and it was kind of like a financial burden and like a stressful thing. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty hesitant um, to want to try to get myself into debt right after high school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So I decided that I was not going to do that. Um, And I wasn't really aware of like any scholarship programs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we certainly could not afford to put me into college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I worked as a body piercer uh, for a long time, Mm -hmm. which is maybe sounds like something that's like super easy to do, but it's kind of hard to be good at. Okay. You can think anybody can like poke a hole in somebody, right? But um, (laughs) (laughs) to be good at it and make them less stressed out, that's, that's kind of, I guess, the thing. Anyway. So I, you know, I worked uh, in tattoo shops as a piercer for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, And that brought me down to Georgia. Um, I lived in Canada for a little bit. And then I I eventually moved to New York, Hmm. um, which I 
absolutely loved. And it's probably the only other place aside from now San Diego um, that I would consider living. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's really great. But uh, yeah, so I worked there as a uh, piercer and then I ended up picking up jewelry manufacturing while I was working there as well. Um, I raced bicycles and worked as a bike messenger part-time as well to pay rent because as it turns out, New York's kind of expensive. Just a little, (laughs) just a bit. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I did all that and then I kind of like got into the first time in my life um, a financially secure position where I was making, for me, like insane amounts of money. Um, so I had like savings for the first time in my life at like 25 years old, Mm -hmm. which was cool. And it was like a really weird feeling. And I was like, okay, I saved. And what am I supposed to do with this? Um, so I decided to go to community college Mm -hmm. and I I wanted to be like, I don't, I don't really know if I knew what the job market looked like. (laughs) Um, but I think I wanted to be like a CSI, like you know, lab oh, tech. I feel basically. like everyone did for a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's marine it's biologist. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yes. Or, or, or forensic scientist. The three careers. Exactly. <laughs> ah, yes. The three careers. Um, so yeah, I, I, I had this like rough idea. So I was going to go get an associate's degree mm-hmm. because there's a lot of lab tech positions where that's all you need. Um, it was fairly inexpensive mm-hmm. and the borough of Manhattan community college is what I decided on. So if people are familiar with New York, that's like on the West side highway, that's like right down by the world trade center, basically. So it's, it's a really pretty place. It's mm-hmm. cool. It's in New York. It feels very New Yorky, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, Take a left. Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> no, no, you're good. So I bike from, from Brooklyn every day and then, and then go into, um, to Manhattan to go to school. Mm-hmm. And I, I did really well. Like surprisingly, I didn't really know how I was going to do. And I felt super self-conscious because there's all these like young people for the most part. Mm-hmm. And they all have like these ambitions to go to four-year universities. Um, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did well. And I think one of the biggest assets, if you want to start talking about things that are, you know, maybe something that non-traditional students or people who are starting school later in life really do have going for them is you lose a lot of the inhibitions you have when you're younger and you don't really care about looking stupid in front of people. Mm. Yeah. So your tendency to like be, want, be one of the cool kids and one of the peers and like sit at the back of the class and not talk to people just isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so I would raise my hand and I would like talk and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, try to be like respectful. So I'm not just talking over people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like you're engaged and you really want to do it and you're there for the reason that you're self-motivated and like no one's making you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I had a question. Um, so you did your AA and then did you transfer into a four year or did you do the f- like, how did that work? I guess. Yeah. Um, so I got about a year and a half in mm-hmm. and I had taken like a bunch of like gen ed classes, mm-hmm. like literature and stuff like that. Um, and some biology classes because the, the AA was just going to be in biology. Um, and after about a year and a half, they had a transfer fair mm-hmm. and I hadn't really thought seriously about it. I was just going to get the degree and then maybe look at my options. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a bunch of universities that were like waiving application fees. Mm-hmm. And I honestly didn't know anything about like what a quote unquote good university was for mm-hmm. biology. Um, but one of the, the solicitations that we got in the class was from Columbia university. Mm-hmm. And I at least knew what Columbia was. And if I'm being completely honest, it's because it was like in movies and stuff. <laughs> Um, and Gossip Girl. <laughs> I, it is, yeah. I didn't know. I, I, I honestly didn't know it was an Ivy League school. Yeah. I didn't really n- know what an Ivy League school was, aside from like where rich white people went to school is like what my association was. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I just think of people in like yacht clubs and like, you know, boat shoes and stuff. Um, <laughs> no offense, respectfully. <laughs> but, but, you know, like I, I didn't know. It just wasn't what I grew up w- with, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So but I knew what it was and mm-hmm. I knew it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well I should Google this. So <laughs> I Googled it they and I found Google out like, they had Google back then. Yeah. <laughs> what we actually had to do was hop off of our dinosaur and then row across the lake and send smoke signals across the, yeah, it was a, uh, it was complicated. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So we, I, I found out like, Oh, this is actually a good biology program. Cool. 
So I applied and I forgot about it for like two months because why would oh. these people take me? Yeah. Um, but they waived the application fee. So it was free. So I was like, what do I got to lose? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I got a phone call that I thought was a spam phone call um, that was like, oh, we've reviewed your application. And I was about to hang up. Um, <laughs> and then they were like, oh, but you're, you got in to Columbia. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay. Nice. Um, how much does it cost over there? <laughs> Uh, so I went from having some savings uh, to being very broke, uh, mm, being yeah. very in debt, um, which, yeah, so that, that's that's how I ended up there, though. So after a year and a half of community college, I transferred to Columbia mm-hmm. um, and pretty much had to redo all of the classes I took in community <gasps> college. They wouldn't um, take the credits? No. They gave me like gen ed credits. Okay, but the um, biology ones. So you had to no. take like all your STEM and operative classes. That's kind That's of right. wild because like why invite them to a, a transfer fair and then not even be like the things that you've done at this school that I'm trying to pull you out of is like can be used at the school. Yeah, but right. awesome. It turns out universities really like money. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. So that was that was different. And they pretty much like patted me on the head and were like, oh, sweet child. No, you can't. You can't bring that biology here. We're going to. And to their credit, to be honest, like I, there was a big gap in learning. I, I would have been setting myself up for failure if I. Yeah. I tried to take those upper division classes and I didn't take the foundational ones at Columbia. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was really the, hard. the like resources they have is just a lot different. It, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything from like tutoring to the, you know, the credentials, I, I hate to say credentials, but like the credentials of the professors and like what they've done, like mm-hmm. their involvement with research, for instance, mm-hmm. up to that point mm-hmm. is something that's like hard to, to recruit for a community college system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did have a great time in community college. I think some of those professors or some of those teachers are like some of the best and most encouraging, like motivating people. And I like can't thank them enough. Aww. Truly. Aww. It was really yeah. wonderful. So when you got there, I'm a, well, now we know you continued with biology <laughs> and that's what you kind of wanted to do. But I remember going into undergrad. Um, I mean, I've taken, I took bio classes in high school and whatnot, mm-hmm. but like, then I didn't know what research was or like what yeah. it means to do research. Mm-hmm. How were you introduced to research um, when you went to Columbia? Yeah, I actually, so again, this sounds like so ridiculous. I, I didn't know that that was a thing you're supposed to do mm-hmm. in undergrad. Like if you're a bio person and you want to do biology, you should yeah. probably do research. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know it was an option. Um, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people I know. didn't know I either. Didn't Someone like had yeah. to tell me. That's yeah. a fair experience. Yeah. Um, so, so what actually happened was on, we'll say like, okay, in week one, I found out that you're supposed to do that because someone in my biology class, like my, my gen ed or my foundational biology class was like, Oh, what lab are you working in? And I was like, what do you oh, mean? Like, why yeah. would I be working in a lab? I'm an undergrad. Um, and then they were like, Oh, you don't know. You're, su- you're supposed to do that. You're like, oh, like, the oh, transfer uh, student. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. What lab are you in? I'll, maybe I'll join that one. Um, so I, I had no idea. And I like started panicking kind of Aww. because I was already so loaded down with work and I was like, how am I going to work in a lab? And, and I, then I found out you're supposed to do it for free. This is a pyramid a scheme. With a thumbs down on the side. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I had no idea. And oddly enough, um, I had a friend from Georgia who I'll just keep names out of this because it's slightly incriminating for them. Uh, but I had a friend um, call me at two in the morning mm-hmm. and she was quite inebriated. Um, and I thought when you get a phone call at two in the morning and you've lived a lot of places and hung out with a bunch of people who party really hard, <laughs> you think somebody died. Yeah. Oh, no. So it's like not a good, like your heart's pounding. Yeah. I pick up the phone. Yeah. I'm like, Oh God, please don't tell me someone I know and love died. Yeah. Sorry. Not to get dark. It's, fine. Um, <laughs> it's dark outside. It's it, it is. <laughs> so, uh, so I said, okay, like, you know, what's, what's up? And she said, are you at Columbia? And I said, yeah, not right now. I'm in my bed. Um, she was like, I have this friend and he manages a lab at Columbia. What are you studying at Columbia? I was like, I, like microbiology. I'm, I'm studying microbiology. And she was like, he does microbiology. <laughs> I'm going to call you tomorrow with this contact information. I was like, okay, thanks so much. I hung up. And I was like, this person is highly drunk. Um, and then sure enough, she did. She contacted me the next day and she was like, hit this person up. They're looking for someone to work in their lab. Yeah. I said, okay. 
So I hit the person up. They went and interviewed me and they like, I thought they were going to quiz me. I read all these papers about this lab. I was like brushing up on all the foundational stuff I was learning. Mm -hmm. Because I thought they were going to quiz me about like, what you know, what's the electron transfer chain? <laughs> what's the Krebs cycle? And I was like, oh God, I don't know the Krebs cycle. Yeah. Who um, does? <laughs> but after like, you know, it was, it was like a really polite and like, you know, cor- not cordial conversation. It was, it was relaxed. Yeah. And, um, and at the end he was like, okay, well, we need someone to wash dishes. Well, like, okay. Okay. Guess what I, can That's do. Fine. I can wash dishes. So they, they were like, but you know, if you, if you wash dishes long enough and you're hanging out around the lab, this maybe, maybe like someone does, right? You just got to get three of your friends to come. And then, no, but the, you know, they said like, okay, if you, if you do a, if you do a good job at this and you're hanging around the lab, like you're welcome to come to the lab meetings and learn about yeah. the research and mm-hmm. stuff. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So I did, I, I came and I showed up and I did work study. They called it mm-hmm. um which i did get paid i think like eight dollars an hour mm-hmm. for minimum which, wage yeah whatever minimum wage was at the time um back long, then long ago when, I think that's, when whoa, bread cost a nickel bro my minimum wage when i was in high school was 725 in florida you're getting paid a lot fun fact when i got my first job in omitted redacted <laughs> i was i was i was 14 with a work permit in maryland and my minimum wage job was five dollars and 15 cents an hour y'all are yeah. wild my first dishes. job i was getting paid like 13 25 i lived in california all my life though yeah. so maryland ain't cheap though florida yes. i don't know bro yeah that's true florida that's <laughs> because it's, it's so florida <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> respectfully, respectfully. Um, <laughs> anyways yeah so yeah i washed dishes and i was probably the most obnoxious dishwasher they ever had in that lab um because i came to every lab meeting and i went to every person's presentation and i was raising my hand and i was asking questions about anything um and i and i really did try to do the research too like i read their papers beforehand and i figured out their cvs and stuff and i like yeah. you know and i think i asked some good questions because eventually they were like all right do you want to come work in the lab <laughs> um, oh wait i have a question yeah again yeah <laughs> um do you think that because like as an undergrad, I was shy to ask questions. Do you think circling back to what you said, coming in, like Are you being older? having lived life, being older, mm-hmm. that you were that also helped you just ask the questions you wanted to ask? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it was so much. It was I thought of it as such like a this sounds really corny, but I thought of it as a big handicap, you know, um, but it became very apparent pretty quickly that like it was the biggest asset that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because that. like you're uninhibited, yeah, but because people like, I think if you are in academia your whole life or you're like groomed to be in academia your whole life, you know? Yeah. That's a deep sigh. <laughs> <laughs> um, not everybody, but a lot of people are like kind of not super well adjusted in their people skills, mm-hmm. like yeah. their ability to That's interface fair. with people. Mm-hmm. Not, not Lenise, not coming for Lenise. <laughs> Um, but you know, they're like, they, their, their interpersonal skills are just not as developed because they haven't had to work retail and have someone scream at you That's, about getting yeah. their latte wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you ever had a Mexican get thrown at you? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, I, I've, I've been pulled into an office because I folded t-shirts incorrectly oh, and was no. made to cry in an office because oh, of no. that. So let's just. <laughs> Me with my Western spleen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Uh, um, yes. But yeah, it, it was, it was a huge, that was like a huge component of it is like you're, you're unafraid and like you've already figured out you're not cool or I already figured out I'm not cool. <laughs> so like there's nothing to save anymore. Like everybody knows I'm lame. So I'm coming for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was good. Um, I ended up working with a postdoc and she was really wonderful and super supportive and helped me from the ground up everything from like how to pipette properly um, to doing like way more complex stuff. And eventually kind of handed the reins over to me for this project. Um, And uh, with her help and the help of another person whose name I will say, because he unfortunately um, died in my last year there, um, Chimweki Okegbi, they they pretty much like built me up as a scientist. Mm -hmm. And they were like the Mm -hmm. best mentors I could have possibly had. Um, so yeah, I, and I got published okay. and then I got a first author publication. Like I, I went from like, you got a first okay. author publication. I, I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. Go, 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 yeah, go, okay. go, go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dang. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I set the bar like 
pretty yeah. high at the beginning. And, and yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of hard work and it was fun. They pretty actively discouraged me from applying to grad school, <laughs> um, which I now understand. No, okay. Yeah. Well, well here you are. So here we all even are. Even though you got active discouragement for reasons we all probably do understand um, yeah. as a jaded second year, which I shouldn't be. Not a jaded I know. second year. <laughs> uh, now I love my lab. And yeah, anyways. Yeah. Um, the program though. <laughs> uh, what made you still apply and like still yeah. want to go to grad school? Yeah. It, it was kind of a more practical, well, I guess there were a few reasons. Um, primarily it was a pr- practical thing. Like I just went around and looked at salaries for like, mm-hmm. what can I get? or what is like the ceiling, I guess, mm-hmm. when you have a bachelor's degree versus when you have a master's versus when you have a PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, and like undeniably, you're going to make more as a PhD. Yeah. And these debts ain't going to pay themselves. Retweet. So, um, and the PhD is like, you know, it is in spite of like some of the more nuanced problems with the way we get paid, which we could go on forever about, I think. Yeah. Um, it is like you getting paid to go to school. Like it's a pretty cool gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's also something we should highlight because not everyone knows you get paid to do a PhD. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea either. I was like, you're paying me. I think that's like the, literally the reason they were like, cause I, I think when I I was in coming in and I'm sorry, what words I was coming in as a pre-med and then I went to talk to somebody and they're like, yeah. And then they pay you. And I'm like, excuse me. What? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm going. Like that's it. Like I don't yeah. like I don't have to worry about it because like it is the, the big thing for a lot of people is like how do, how am I going to pay for this? Not a lot. Like, but they pay. Yeah, they don't pay. You they don't pay much. a lot. But like it's it's more <laughs> than I made in undergrad. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. I, and I couldn't figure out how it happened. I thought it was a pyramid scheme, and then I it's, found out it is a pyramid. It scheme. is. <laughs> but, <laughs> it is a pyramid. but it's working in our favor for now. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it we'll circle back to that at some okay. point, I guess. So the question was, why, why did I... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah what was yeah, the yeah, decision yeah. Um, Why? Uh, so I, I kind of learned that you have, create ideally, hopefully, if you join a good lab, you have some creative input about a project. Um, and the opportunity, if you don't plan on being in academia, like working as a PI, for instance, to helm a project and to like creatively develop something and then bring it to fruition it's pretty much the only opportunity you get to do that. And you get to like experience, you know, doing things and failing at them and trying again and failing at them mm-hmm. and failing and failing and failing. Mm-hmm. But it's looking good for me, everyone. <laughs> You're doing great. Cool. I know. Okay. It, it is like, it's the best way to learn, like to, yeah. to be able to get your hands dirty and do those things. If mm-hmm. you want to do that and have that opportunity to really diversify what your, your learning base is, mm-hmm. you got to do a PhD, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you think um, anything that ha- helped you in undergrad starting like later in life? Not that you're old. Yeah. One thing that I think is like an uncomfortable thing to bring up and maybe doesn't get mm. brought up a lot when people have these conversations about like non-traditional, I'm using air quotes right now, mm-hmm. um, students is that you know, professors can, they're people, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they can be kind of mean sometimes, or mm-hmm. like, even if they're not intending to be mean, they mm-hmm. can say things that have a really profound effect on a, a yeah. student's psyche. Yeah. Um, and I had a, an under- <laughs> I'm really trying to be, be judicious about the way I say this. It's okay. I had an undergrad professor mm-hmm. who was a uh, world acclaimed, uh-huh. like this at person Columbia. Yeah, at, at Columbia, yeah. who like is, is very well respected. I'm not even going to use pronouns um, in the world. Yeah. Um, and this person, uh, straight up told me when I went to their office hours that I had no future in a PhD (laughs) program. I should quit science and just finish up my degree and call it a day. Um, and that they, like, I cried myself to sleep. I was so miserable. I'm like, I respected this person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think the, the thing that my life experience had taught me was like after I had a minute to like lick my wounds mm-hmm. um, was that dude, who, who the hell cares what this person has yeah. to say? Like I'm like I'm doing it and I'm going to keep doing it. And like, you know, I've, yeah. I've and you're been al- through worse. You know, you know? What? Spite done. is a great motivator. At spite. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> it's, I mean, in less than a year, you're going to be a doctor. Brown. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You should yeah. just invite them to your dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> I consider sending a petty email like, oh, I just uh, figured you might want to see this. <laughs> like, just, just rage send. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll do that. 
but um yeah the urge the urge yeah, is they're there. Just, they're there. yeah. <laughs> the petty <laughs> so yeah like coming coming from a place of understanding and then also um realizing that it's not the end of the world if if one person thinks that you can't do something or yeah. or one person has some really harsh criticism for you maybe they had a really bad day and yeah. That doesn't excuse the way that they're treating you. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's nice to contextualize that mm-hmm. and not let it just crush you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and if I hadn't had that experience beforehand, I think it would have actually been crushing for me. And I, I might have actually that decided like, oh, man, I shouldn't apply to PhD mm, programs because yeah. I'm an idiot who can't figure out the Krebs cycle. <laughs> I can't either. That's okay. In the um, words of Amanda, words mean things. And words, people shouldn't say mean things. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very sorry that happened to yeah. you, but I'm glad you've overcome that. Yeah, okay. I think I think I, I'm still like a little bit bitter. No, if, okay. I'm, if I'm being honest, That's okay. but, okay. um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think it was um, it was a nice thing to just remember that not everything is sunshine and daisies, and like yeah. Yeah. sometimes it does suck. And yeah. um, how you this is everything I'm saying sounds so corny. How you respond to that is really what defines you as a person. But but it is. But it's yeah. true. It is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one or two more things, and then we can. Well, I've said all in. the questions, so you can uh, ask a question. Yeah. Let me let me marinate on that for a second. Yeah. Okay. Um, marinate. 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 Um, the word. I think. Okay. So, the problem is, I'm already here. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a problem. We're very happy to have you here. Thank you. But like, I think a lot of people are like, take a break if you can, like take a break if you can. Yeah. But like, I'm already here. So like that advice doesn't help me. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do it. But like, I guess if there is someone that is an undergrad listening to this, like, would you say take a break or like do whatever is best for you? Or like, what, what advice would you pass on, you know, doing what you've done or like someone thinking about doing this? Or like if they didn't take a break, how do you handle taking mini breaks during PhD? Because I think you can speak on that. Yeah. So it's an, obviously it's an immense privilege to be able to have time off, right? Mm -hmm. Like you in the real world, most people have to work. Um, and that makes it difficult to do things like travel the world or Mm -hmm. like, you know, do all these things that are, that are really wonderful things to experience. And they do add like texture and and context to your life when you get to experience different places, you know, Mm -hmm. or live in different places, even like, even just like dumb stuff like me living in Georgia or Canada or New York. And then here, like mm-hmm. all of those things have shaped me as a person. And mm-hmm. and it was, it is an immense privilege at the time. It didn't feel like it. That's for sure. But like in, in retrospect, it, it definitely made me a more rounded person. Mm-hmm. So my advice would be if it's financially feasible or mm-hmm. if there's a way you can swing it, like, absolutely. You know, like go, go live somewhere that's completely out of left field. Like mm-hmm. go <laughs> Thailand. <laughs> yeah. I did get to spend a little time in Thailand too, which was lovely. Um, uh, you know, like go places, travel places if you can do it. Yeah. Like, great. Um, and if you can't realize that like, just because people are talking about that doesn't mean that they're, they're more well-adjusted than you necessarily, because sometimes like having to struggle for something or having to really work hard for something is, is more of a character building exercise than you artificially spending time in a different country and then claiming that makes you worldly, you know? Um, and I think people know those types of people too, right? Like they, they exist. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's great. But, um, if you, if you do have time, take it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you're going to have time in the future. And that's why we're doing this partially right. Is to be like, in a position where you're secure enough to, to be able to do those things in yeah. the future. Yeah. So it's never too late. And then if it is too late and you're stuck in a PhD, if you apply to a PhD like, right out of undergrad. Yeah. yeah. How do you deal with like just doing it? I don't know. As a like, what do you do yeah. on your free time? I yeah. guess is the yeah. question. Um, so I think, when you're rotating, for instance, mm-hmm. even though we, I know y'all are past way past. It's okay. People that are people, rotating yes, now are, are listening. Rotating. Yeah. So, uh, a great, thing to test with your potential PI in terms of compatibility and, and work-life balance mm-hmm. is uh, just straight up ask like, or tell them really like, I'm going to take two weeks off in December. Yeah. And then just see how they react because if they're not willing to do that or they're going to start trying to bargain with you when you're still a rotation student, mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up for a really messed up work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, you shouldn't necessarily abuse the privilege, I suppose, but like, you should be able to take time off, especially mm-hmm. with the salary that we make. Mm-hmm. And 
the number of science units we produce, the things that we add as far as value to a university system mm-hmm. is, is very valuable. And it's certainly beyond the value that we get paid. Say it for the people in the ivory tower. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, so yeah. you are, you're a, a powerful unit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and you deserve time off and you're going to work better when you have time off. So yeah. even if you really like the science in some place mm-hmm. and the PI is telling you like, Oh yeah, two weeks. I don't think we can swing that. Then just don't go there. Like ultimately you're training yourself as a scientist and being stoked about the project is fine, but at the cost of your mental health and well being for the entire duration of your mm-hmm. PhD, it ain't worth it. Like, yeah. so go with somebody who's going to support you. That's yeah. way more important. Put your fancy science person on your committee and let them deal with you once a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Yeah, that's good advice. I'll write it down. That was very lovely. Thank you for yeah. sharing. Thank you for finally coming on the pod. I know. <laughs> I asked him maybe a year ago now and he said no. <laughs> so, I'm shy. It's okay. Now we're best. <laughs> now we're friends. Yeah. So. Well, thank you to Asama for letting me steal her microphone for a minute or two. Yes. I appreciate the longer than a minute, 31 minutes or two. <laughs> yes. Asama? Asama. Um, wait, wait, wait. Um, so now we have a very oh, yeah, special guest. Oh, wait. Do the Doja Cat entrance. You know. What? what? The Doja Cat, what they say. Do you know what I'm talking about? The like, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no? Oh, the ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Is it her? It's been a long time since you Anyways, I present to you Asama. Asama. Yeah, can you please walk to me? Can you come? Hello? Asama. Oh, do you want I can sanitize it for you. I have my spray. What is this scent? Something fruity. Um, it's the green spray from bed. Bath and Beyond? Bath and Body Works? <laughs> I always do that. Um, I think it's like lemongrass and something. Something okay. citrusy. Mm. And you don't like citrus? Pretty good. Yeah. I don't mm. like eating citrus. It's mm. tangy. One time or more than once, I was trying to convince everyone I knew that the word is not tangy, but it's tangy. <laughs> and it originates from tan- tangerine and they were like wait that makes so much sense <laughs> and are I was you a able professional to- gas later? <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to convince like everyone on my team at work to say tangy oh no now and I'm like English not my first language but I know I know I learned someone told me that uh, okay alrighty yes. okay Asama so I think we've maybe introduced ourselves a bunch of times but it was like season one trailer is yeah. I think when we talked about this. Um, so do you want to do like a quick run through of like, okay, this is like where I come from. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. I, I'm, I'm getting therapy flashbacks. Oh no. I'm so sorry. I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah. I guess I go super in depth. I guess I can to. start where Chris started, which yeah. is like where I sort of grew up. So I'm originally from Thailand, Swadika. And um, I know more than Swadika, but I, I think like there are two people from Thailand who listen. So maybe Cute. maybe most people don't know Thai. Um, yeah, and kind of similar to Chris, actually, I grew up moving around a lot to various parts of Thailand, which was really cool because I thought that I was like on this big adventure with just me and my mom and- and like every place we went like our goal was to find like the best beach or like the best street food or just like things that we liked and can like call our own like it was really sweet um when I was about 12 or 13 um my mom decided to follow her dream of you know like what Kurtz was saying that like going somewhere, living like out of your comfort zone and Mm -hmm. trying new things, Mm -hmm. which to be honest, when I was little, I was like, why would you do that to me? I'm 12. (laughs) Um, But it did result in us moving to the US, which again, I think I'm pretty net positive, happy about because Mm -hmm. now I get to also live this life. Um, I was yes, and we're friends. Yes. <laughs> Didn't even acknowledge <laughs> um, Yeah, and as time passes, every year, mm-hmm. my mom and I would talk about how like 
look, this is the year where you've lived in America more than Thailand. And I was like, wow, Aww. that's true. So it was really sweet. But like maybe any or most immigrants, you know, like moving here was really hard for us. Mm. We didn't really mm-hmm. have connection or didn't mm-hmm. really have the money mm-hmm. or like couldn't figure out like what the school system was. Mm-hmm. So it was rough. Plus mm-hmm. we were in New Hampshire, which was like the whitest place. Mm-hmm. So it was not great. Um, I sometimes tell people this, that it was so white that I didn't know I was a person of color. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks volume. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm just being whitewashed at this place. So it was not that great, but I managed to find like some really good friends from high school who I'm still friends with. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that made it, more of a again a positive experience Mm -hmm. um so after high school i went to northeastern which is a four-year private institution in boston Mm -hmm. i got a bunch of scholarships through Mm -hmm. like the school and um i was able to go there tuition free wait what years did you go i feel like we've talked about this before (laughs) 2013 to 17 we would have overlapped by a year yeah, but yeah. then I would have been like a senior and you would have been like, like an, itty, bitty uh, an itty freshman and you wouldn't have been my friend. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe you you would have been too cool because you would have been like a Gen Z, you know? And I would have, yeah. It's okay. Lenise <laughs> is like, we still Gen Zs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a little. You, I think we I have think, a moment. I think I'm more Gen Z than Lenise. Yeah, okay. I didn't want to say it. That's okay. I grew up on the internet. Yeah, she did. I did. The not. person that runs our social media has been my friend for ten years, and we met on a social media website. Yeah. So. Which person? There's two of them. December. Okay. December. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. I went to Northeastern, and um, so if you recall, my mom works as a nurse, which I guess like salty story. They when she moved here, they like wouldn't take her mm. RN training, so they made her like retake the community college courses to like be like there's so many types of nurses you could be yeah she's not like what she could be because Mm -hmm. of her accent and like her language barrier so when i say she's a nurse she's actually like somewhere in between like a nurse aide and like a nurse Mm -hmm. was she a nurse like an rn in thailand yeah so she was Mm -hmm. like fully accredited and then they didn't take it when she got here okay because they're like oh this is a school in the middle of nowhere like we don't care but the ridiculous part is like so my mom is fine now like she's working and like yeah she managed to become like the head nurse for like the people that she works with Mm -hmm. go mom but she always says that like you know those like the eight-week courses taught me like no practical skills like i didn't i didn't get to do any of like this big management, like strategic thinking, like problem mm-hmm. solving. I would just like memorizing what a morphine is and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. But yeah, so I was obviously inspired by my mom because mm-hmm. she's this like superhero. She raised me, she moved to a new country. Mm-hmm. She like got everything started for us. So I was inclined to pursue sort of like studies or like maybe a career in like science related things. Um, and then I was taking classes and I was like, huh, what if I want to be a doctor? Mm-hmm. Like a medical, like doctor? a medical doctor. Yeah. Or like a, a phys- physician, physician assistant or a nurse mm-hmm. practitioner type thing. So I went to the pre-med office and this is kind of like similar to what Chris was saying earlier. Um, the teacher looked at my transcript or the advisor looked at my transcript yeah. And she was like, well, you didn't really take a lot of AP classes in high school. This is when you were already in college and they're looking at your AP classes? Yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, sorry. I'm just taking the intro classes. I'm like a wee freshman. And she was like, well, you could go to medical school, but you could only apply to historically black medical school. Hello? And that to me was really confusing because I was like, are you saying that I'm not good enough are you saying those schools are not good enough like what are you what's yeah what is the implication right here a lot of aggression in that statement and because of how the system was set up at northeastern like everything has to go through this person Mm. and i already had a bad experience with them i just Mm. like did not want to pursue like medicine or like medical medicine related career at least like from the get-go yeah so then i asked okay what is like something tangible that i can actually do and she redeemed herself by telling me like the one most helpful piece of advice that eventually led me here, which is join a lab. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that semester, I was taking <laughs> semester, not quarter. I was taking <laughs> genetics with this professor, Eric Stewart, who is a teaching professor, and we all know they care about teaching yeah. a lot, the good ones. Mm-hmm. The good ones. Um, so I talked to him and I said, "Hey, like, what does it mean to join a lab? Like, are you a bacteriologist? Like, how does this work?" And he's like, "Well, I like switch gears to teaching now, but my postdoc lab." is at Northeastern and here are the people you should talk to. So I emailed them and they said, sorry, we're full. And I'm like, how can you be full? It's volunteer. Um, (laughs) That's a great question. Like, don't you want an extra person to wash dishes? I'm really confused. (laughs) Um, So then they said, can you email me back in four months? And I was like, bet. So I sent my reminder. Four months later, I said, hi, I'm back. And they were like, oh, you are back. (laughs) Persistence. (laughs) I get, it's funny because one of the things they studied was persisters. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I got introduced to my mentor, who still is my mentor today, Phil Strandwitz, who was working on this project that was related to the gut-brain axis and microbiome, and that's, that's cool. um, how I got started in microbiology mm-hmm. and poop science. Yeah, I was about to say, the love of poop, All the beginning. All this fun <laughs> stuff, which, honestly, like, not only did Phil teach me how to like pipette or like build me up as a scientist as Chris was saying earlier he also was going through this process of um literally turning like the project that we're working on into a biotech and I thought that I was in a really privileged position to watch him like go to these meetings like create a like pitch deck and Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. negotiate whatever funding he was working with Mm -hmm. so I thought that that experience was really positive and Mm -hmm. it well, like when it came time to deciding, okay, what do I want to do after undergrad? I was super excited by, I think something about being in Boston and Cambridge is really like inspiring because like so many people are starting their own um, companies or biotech and things that are just like right there. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be one of those. Plus I needed the money. So I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So you you were in this lab, you saw this person making a biotech company, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you're just in Boston, there's a lot of things happening. What was the transition from, okay, I'm an undergrad, okay, I'm getting this job at this biotech company. Yeah. And how did you oh. find the job? That's like a question that I... Yeah, how do we... If you how are we going to get a job me. after this? Summer? <laughs> how do you write a cover letter? The mailing <laughs> list. <laughs> the mailing list? Yeah, so because there are so many schools in Boston and... I think it's just like a really great environment Mm -hmm. for biotech in general and also like microbiology as well. Um, I would go to these like microbiome conferences. Mm. One of them I actually helped uh, organize in a later year. It was between Harvard and MIT. Um, And they were like, look, job posting. And I'm like, oh, cool, let me apply. And similar to Chris, I applied and I was like, probably not going to get it. Two months later, forgot about it. And then they emailed me and they said, oh, great. Do you want to talk? And I was just like, okay. So I I applied to a bunch of places and had already like started interviewing and like in a later stage with like a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But this company seemed cool because you guess it, it was a poop company as well. So did you do this during undergrad or was this like after graduation? Um... Both. I started okay. working with poop in undergrad. I continued working with poop in, in after undergrad. Oh, but like applying to the, oh, the companies um, and stuff. Yeah, I think it was like the last like couple months of undergrad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really liked how, I don't know how I got this idea about what a company should look like, mm-hmm. but mostly because I wanted to work with slash for someone who is like my current mentor at the time, Mm -hmm. Phil. So when I was going to these interviews, I was also interviewing them and asking them like, what's your time off policy? How Mm -hmm. do you manage people in different levels? How do people move up through the ranks? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was like one of the first things that sort of like told me that I needed an advanced degree if Mm -hmm. I want to run my own thing someday. Yeah. And did those questions come from you or like, did your advisor at the time be like, these are like some things you should ask? Or like, did you just like kind of pick that up that it was like, oh, this is an important thing I should ask about? Mm, I would like to say that it came from me because I like don't have good memory. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) But it, it was probably through osmosis. Yeah. Because there were a lot of things. Well, life is hectic. And mm-hmm. during undergrad, there were times where 
I had to take some days off because like mm-hmm. I was in like a bike accident. Oh my like, god! Some things that are like health related that I would just like, sorry, I can't come in. Yeah. And one of the things that Phil said that I still remember is that like I take really good care of my people. Like mm-hmm. I never question them why they need the day off because mm-hmm. like when they're here, they're fully present. Mm-hmm. So if they're not here, like I also need to respect their time mm-hmm. and I was like wow this is really deep and weird why would you tell me this I'm a sophomore um, <laughs> but now I remember I'm a sophomore <laughs> yeah but it stuck with you and yeah. you're not a sophomore yes well technically well are we we're second years I guess second. sophomore-ish sophomore-ish if we were releasing an album this would be our sophomore album <laughs> thank you you're welcome actually in my pottery class the other day I was sitting next to this like Prodigy who makes like elaborate things. Meanwhile, I was like, okay, how do I center this clay? <laughs> and I was talking to him and I said, like, hey, like, what do you do? Like, what's what year are you? And he said, I'm a second year. What about you? And I'm like, I too am a second year. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, you're a sophomore? And I was like, Oh, oh not quite. No. <laughs> so, Guess again. I don't know. If if y'all know what to call us, let us know. I think we're just second years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna ask about like, okay, what does an industry job look like? Cause the other thing is like maybe talking about like when talking about like non-traditional backgrounds is like someone in undergrad who's either maybe deciding mm. maybe I should take some time off and go work or like someone mm. that has been working and is like, Oh, is going back into a PhD program, like something I want to do. Right. So like yeah. for someone who's an undergrad, like what is, what is like going into industry? Like what is, yeah. what are you doing? Like, what is the job like that kind of thing? Yeah. So Again, being in the Boston and Cambridge area, mm-hmm. I was really lucky to have seen a lot of people working in biotech with different motivations at different capacities. Some people are literally like, I just want to show up, do stuff, leave. And I want to be really good at it. Mm-hmm. I want to do it for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then I want to buy a nice house and then I want to keep doing it. I would love a nice house. <laughs> me next. <laughs> but I think like the key thing that happened to me was at first, I was perfectly fine with being that person, like showing up, doing stuff, mm-hmm. leaving. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I got attached and <laughs> I kept wanting to ask like more. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take a project in a different direction. Mm-hmm. I started having like pet projects. I started mm-hmm. asking questions and like big like company meetings. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of like clicked for me that, okay, like there's so many ways that you could work in industry but Mm -hmm. if you wanted to like shape the direction Mm -hmm. or be creative about the process like maybe go get more training and come back so let's do that was that the like main reason you came back to to academia yeah and also i wanted to make biotech less toxic that's fair yeah 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 Yeah. well you're getting academia (laughs) (laughs) no actually i was i forgot who i was telling this to but like i think i'm getting more practice than i thought i would because not only am i like you know doing stuff in the lab trying and failing and failing and failing and failing and trying new thing and failing like million times mood there are also like these like social things and like bureaucracy things Mm -hmm. and just a lot of politics that I was like, dang, these are training wheels. Mm -hmm. But I will say that similar to what Chris said about like having lived basically a whole other life before coming here is your inhibitions are at a different level. And to me, like sometimes I still feel shy about asking questions in class. Mm -hmm. But when I was rotating, I was just like, so how do you manage someone? (laughs) And they're like, where is this question coming from? And I was like, I've had some really good bosses that listen to me. So like, what are you going to be? It's not like you're going to manage me for the next five years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I would ask like, are you open to feedback? Because this is a working relationship. And I'm not just going to do whatever you say. And they were like, Oh, <laughs> interesting. I love that for you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I so think, I guess mine came out in that flavor. You know what else is good about you know taking some time off and coming back? You got a fully developed prefrontal cortex. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be me? Couldn't be me either. Me well, people ruin their prefrontal cortex. Some people have some done that. Off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Another thing that I thought was 
nice was I learned what it's like to pay a lot of tax before coming here <gasps> and um, just like doing the life thing. Yeah. yeah. Figuring out which landlord is sus from Craigslist. <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah, it couldn't be me, bro. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm glad I have a life mentor who could maybe help me yeah, suss me out which Craigslist <laughs> person is. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We okay, don't. so you were in industry, mm-hmm. and you were going to these meetings, and you were like, "I need to get more training." Yeah. What made you be like, "I'm going to get more training now"? Like, was it like I have to do this now? Like, oh, or were you like, "Oh, maybe I should take another"? Because you were for mm-hmm. like two years in industry. Yeah. Two, yeah, I, almost three. Okay, right? so I was two years at one company and then I switched jobs. Oh, okay. Okay. and this was my answer to when I came here to interview. Mm-hmm. Um, my first year advisor Jens uh, like Anderson asked, like, "What's the proudest thing you've done?" In like his Dutch accent, <laughs> and then I said, "Honestly, quitting my first job." And he was like, "Do tell." And yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was because I, okay. so my first job, I was like, okay, happy to just be the hands. I'll do whatever. I want to get paid. I want to like do this and not care about like which direction it's taking because it's fine. And after a while, I think I began to, again, like got, be curious about different aspects of the project or even like beyond and if you've been in a startup or if you like have seen like startup movies like things change like very rapidly mm-hmm. like funding's get cut you now you're working on a new disease mm-hmm. people get laid off and then mm-hmm. like some c-suite person gets hired it's just like very hectic mm-hmm. what does that mean c-suite like yeah. ceo cfo oh, okay, okay. C- yeah okay so because of that, it was a combination of like things being hectic and I just had an interest or like, I don't know, I just wanted to build new skills. I just told my boss, Jen, like, it's not about you. It's about me wanting to do other things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, this is great. Like, I'll be your reference. Nice. That's so good. I think like that made the transition a little easier. And I knew I didn't want to go to grad school like right away because I feel like I was at the beginning of like, just like something. Like, mm-hmm. I think I needed more training in like that realm, which was like bacterial engineering and mm-hmm. like trying to create, um, I don't know if I can give this away, but basically I wanted to see if I like that kind of field before mm-hmm. coming here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after one year of doing that, I was like, okay, I'm ready. So yeah. I don't know if that's answering your question of why three years and not two or not five. No, I that's think, okay. I think, I think it just fine. explains yeah. your motivation. But I think it was more. like my curiosity was yeah. at yeah. like a a point where I was like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. But when you applied, when you made the decision to apply, mm. this is going to sound corny, but did you just know that it was time? <laughs> you know? Did I know you just that know? that was time? Did you just know? Mm. I don't know. I was like more than happy to be making like a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> Once so, again, could it be me? Uh, <laughs> What did? did we make a mistake? <laughs> I had a few, like not my direct boss, but like at the scientist level mm-hmm. who kept like encouraging me and telling me that like, you're ready. Like, yeah. You can yeah, do this. Yeah, that's nice. And I was just like, oh. shout out to Adelise. She's the best. That's cute. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Pete, my partner, yeah. did the, also did his whole math PhD like right after undergrad and I saw like not biology but still like a PhD student like what that's like Mm -hmm. to be a PhD student and how like engaged and like how much not like fun but math can be fun (laughs) yeah Um. like all the different types of trainings he could be doing from like teaching to research to giving presentations Mm -hmm. to um, doing outreach and I thought this seems like a really rich like five six years yeah and I, you know, I was more than happy to just be like a set of hands and do whatever like science, the companies that I could do. But I was really missing the aspects of like learning how to teach or Mm -hmm. doing outreach or Mm -hmm. setting up a program for someone to apply to grad school Mm -hmm. and mentoring in that capacity. So I guess I am corny too. (laughs) It's okay. No, no, no. It's your lived experience, friend. Do you have it's questions? not corny. I have a question. Okay, go. 
Okay, so what did you take from your experience of working in industry mm. and what did you bring like into your grad school experience? Like what helped you? Uh, so many things. I would say the things that I get the most comments on are just like <laughs> how I like go to meetings. I show up and I'm like, what's the agenda? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> the organized. agenda is we talk about what we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, but can I talk about things that I need your answers on? And then talk about things that are time sensitive. Then we talk about this that we talked about last time. Then we talk about free stuff. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay. And then I yeah. send action items. And then in one of the emails, one of the episodes, I said like in my email, like oh, I yeah. would include like time sensitive or like action required. Yeah. So I think just like communicated communicating in a way that's maybe like more direct or abrasive Mm -hmm. than like what I've seen in academia but I actually read my deadlines so Mm -hmm. I love that say girl go ahead go ahead (laughs) yeah Yeah. I think so I think like project management time management and kind of like understanding what's possible with like given my other responsibilities or like energy level those are and this is very personal like I don't promise that everyone's gonna do that yeah that's like very important skills though. Mm-hmm. I think that's a I lot agree. of stuff that I'm struggling with too. It's yeah. like oh, managing. Oh. And that too. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Say so, it. So, <laughs> speak for a woman of color. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, women of color. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but like manage like that the whole like how much can I put on my plate at once and still yeah. like get everything done yeah. is like I Sometimes I say yes to a bunch of things and I'm like, I'm not going to say any yes to anything for a while. And then I don't say yes to anything. I'm like, dang, let me say yes yeah. to all this stuff again. And then it's just like, couldn't be me. A cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Any yeah. questions? No. Okay. Okay. So I will ask you the same question I asked Chris. What is your advice to people that are, you know, thinking about doing this one way or another? One like way. working before coming here? Either or- working before coming here or they're working and thinking about maybe going back to school. Ooh. Um, well, the second question I think is easy because it's very obvious in your application or during your interview if you don't want to get a PhD. Because mm. mm. if you're working and you're like, oh, I want to go get a PhD because that seems different and maybe I'll like it, then maybe some programs will not want that from you and mm-hmm. they'll be like, no thanks. So again, this is coming from a place of privilege like some people get advanced degrees for many different reasons but in an ideal world like this is a training program that trains you how to think how to like create Mm -hmm. ask questions like come up with new things if you can but like keep asking questions so if that's not your cup of tea if you don't want to go out on a limb and ask like will this work then maybe that's not for you Mm -hmm. and for people who are in PhD program right now and wanting to work in industry I say go for it make that money make the world a more diverse complex place like we all know not everyone's gonna be you know like running their own lab Mm because it would be pretty interesting if we had like a million academic labs but But I think it would be more cool (laughs) if we had biology PhD trained people in different capacity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the other day I was talking to someone who's a venture capitalist like investing in um like so cultured meat mm-hmm. and then i asked do you have a biologist on your team and they were like no uh, and i said do you need do you want one? To <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> are they we're we're talking about, oh shit okay um, yeah <laughs> so Dang. yeah and i think like it's for public policy it's for safety Good issues job. like yeah if we can you know, use our training to do these different things, then maybe we'll have better understanding of biology, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, so if you're hiring, then like give us four or five years, depending. (laughs) Depending on, listen, I feel like no, you can do this now. You can consult now. Yo, low key, I need the money. I knew someone who was a PhD student in Cambridge who Mm -hmm. was like consulting bully for like a couple of startups. And I think someone... I know while they were, I, but it was like towards the end of their PhD, they, 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 ooh, words. They did an internship where they were like consulting and they would like read proposals mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. be like, yeah, the science is sound or yeah, yeah. this isn't going to work. Yes. So it's like, it's doable. You're trained for this. Yeah, you are trained for this. Yes. Wow, look at us. Once again, you teach me. Get that money. 
Get your bag. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I learned a lot. Did I you did too? Yeah. I did too. It's great From the both of you. Me too. I learned a lot about Chris. Yes. Um, but it was like really wonderful to hear about your guys' lives and experiences outside of academia and what you did before and what made you amazing scientists, but also beautiful human beings. Oh. I know. Um, that came so, from the heart that wasn't even written down. <laughs> it was. Um, so, oh my God, don't cry. Oh no, don't cry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, Everyone's crying. Um, don't call me beautiful on my own podcast. God. What did I say? You Beautiful. Oh, I'm sorry. Dang. Um, sorry, it's the Amanda show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, that helped me. I hope that helped everyone out there listening to us. Because yeah. apparently there's a few of you, you know, just a couple. Stated Factory is a Black-owned skincare brand that prides itself in providing natural, homemade products. If you're a skincare buff and love to have the taste of luxury at home on a university budget, these products suit those needs. They have three scented exfoliating scrubs that are catered to help different skin concerns. As you head into another school year, having a scrub that not only nourishes your body but helps you relax after a long day is a must. And you can use code TRIPLICATESPOD10, all caps, for 10% off your order. And that's at SaintedFactory.com. Welcome back, everyone. Before we say goodbye, what is one thing you would do differently before applying to grad school? If there is anything. Is this for everybody? Yeah. Oh. A quick one, though, because we're long. Uh, Can I say something bold? Go. Mm. Oh. I would have taken a year off. That's fair. Yeah. That's not bold. That's not who I think. (laughs) I think that should take a year off, friends. Yeah. 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 Asama? This is not a cute answer, but I would put more money into retirement and watch that grow. Yeah. Christopher? Oh. <laughs> Were you talking with your mic backwards? No. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had an answer, but then I just heard Osama's and that is the correct answer. Which is <laughs> to have saved more money and maybe have a 401k, I guess. Yeah. Still learning exactly about all these finance things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that. Uh, being a realist the job market after my graduation kind of sucks so I would have not changed going into grad school as soon as I did yeah but we didn't know we didn't know COVID was going to happen I know but it did so I'm happy in reflection that I'm here I think the only reason I'm okay right now is because I was online for like my summer internship I think if I was in person I would be so tired right now yeah I'd be so tired oh yeah take a break if you can take a break summer I was a couch potato on my bed so a bed potato moving on I did an internship yeah we can't all be Amanda (laughs) well I needed the money to move that's That's like the only reason I did it I literally worked until the very last day I saved (laughs) if you are the lucky one getting paid to do undergrad research save that money and that's the only reason I could move here without cutting into anyone else's yeah payments yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't cost my parents a dime moving here and I'm proud of that self-sufficient exactly we love that we do um okay okay let's run out the show do some observations run some stats on our data Asama what's the question of the week so the question of the week is how many PhD students in our study we, we have, have more N and a four now. I know the stats are going to be difficult. <laughs> no, it's would not have changed here. their path to their PhD. Mm, no, no. Oh well, I just said I would have taken a year off, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think I'm I'm happy I am where I am. I'm happy yeah. where I am. Yeah. Me too. I wouldn't have met you. I know, Chris. Oh yeah, you'd be gone. Oh my god. I would also say no, uh, in spite of the fact that I think during a bunch of times, I probably would have definitely said yes. But in retrospect, no. Give me like a year. Asama? Are you going to cry? I feel like... I want to say yes, but I don't know what specifically. Like I was... That's okay. Yeah, I was interested in doing so many things. Yeah. I would have like moved to a different part of the country or like part of the world to do science. And that's on the gut brain axis. Just telling you. Listen to your gut. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. That's my poop telling <laughs> That was so funny. Um, wow. Okay, so with that, 75% of the PhD students in our study wouldn't change their path, and 25% would. Mm-hmm. And as always, if you're curious about a topic or want to hear um, from us, 
please let us know. Yeah, and we stay on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Triple Fits Pod, <laughs> so you can reach us there. Or we actually, Dee just told me she got locked out of our TikTok account. Oh no! <laughs> um, so maybe anyway, don't stand. So maybe not TikTok. Maybe Twitter and Instagram. Oh. Um, you can see all we'll of our TikToks on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also reach out to us via email at triplekidspod at gmail.com and if you love us and support us you can support us fiscally as well <laughs> physically no fiscally F- that's how you say that fiscally? word right fiscally, fiscally? fiscally? It's okay. financially <laughs> <laughs> uh, triplekidspod and with that obrigada y chao gracias y adios Bye. Kapunka, <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs>